This is a Safe Work Leader Talk, and I'm your host, Carol Duncan. Today, we're talking education and training, and I'm delighted to welcome Mark Pegum, Work Health and Safety Manager for Viridian Glass. Viridian has been operating for over 130 years with a passion for leading the industry in safety, quality, and innovation. Mark oversees the health and safety of over 1,200 employees, but Mark says that in his time with the company, he recalls a time when scars were considered a badge of honour. I've been with the company for 28, uh, nearly 29 years, and I started on the shop floor um, as, a, as an operator, forklift driver, and basically, yeah, I guess stacking glass, moving glass, uh, fairly high-risk activity, and uh, a few injuries, uh, a few safety issues at the site led me to become a uh, a safety officer and then a chairman of the safety committee before 2005 when there became a role, first of all, in New South Wales, just as a safety coordinator. So the leadership team thought I had the skills there to assist the, the business. Um, and I guess, yeah, I guess the position has evolved from then. Why is that area something that interests you and has managed to maintain your interest for such a long time? Um, yeah, I think, to, to be honest, I'm a, I'm a people person. So, um, you know, I, I, I just have great care and, and, you know, want to see or want to make sure that people don't get injured at work. Um, my father was a builder and he'd had a few accidents where he'd fall off the scaffolding and broke bones and things. So, so again, it's just something that was brought up over time where I, I thought that I could make a difference. Um, you know, helping other people maintain a work a safe workplace. So what does a day in the life of Mark Pegum look like? Yeah, you know, I guess my key job is to, I guess, coach, mentor, assist site managers, supervisors, just in, in making sure they've implemented processes to keep people safe. I guess that's probably the key. Yeah, my main focus is on preventing injuries and accidents by empowering um, the supervisors into making sure they can make the right decisions um, on the factory floor. I can only imagine that that sort of culture is required to run right through an organisation from top to bottom, left to right, uh, to ensure that it's truly effective. Um, yes. So, so I guess um, I was lucky in, in, I guess, the way I've, I've evolved through the business um, you know, I've, I've had experience where I can I can pull that experience in to assist in, you know, coaching and, and helping, I guess, management teams develop simple processes that can be implemented because I think, you know, sometimes we can get a bit bogged down with the red tape of, you know, what, what we think is needed where, you know, when you actually look at it on, on the, the coal face, so to speak, you just think well, it's hard to implement that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think um, yeah, there, there's a lot of a lot of levels of of, of safety in the culture where um, yeah, I, I can add that value. Mark, let's dig around a little bit about that evolution of how a a new safety process may occur. For example, it might be an observation of yours, it might be an observation from management or from a worker that leads to a new process being developed. What is the culture around actually taking that advice and learning from it and then implementing it? Um, I think from what I've learned is that the key people to be involved are the people doing the activity. You know, they 
they see the activity day in, day out. So I don't think you can, you can kind of work from the top and, and just say this is the way you do it. I think it's it's more around what I what I say is you know, the what, the why, and then the how. Having that engagement with them and being able to say, well, this is what the issue is. This is how we need to address it now. You know, let, let's look at how we can implement that that change. And and what I find is that over time, you know, you might have one thought around how the process should be, but it slowly evolves into something that's easily implemented at the site um, just by that consultation, I guess, with the, with the key people. Is there ever a resistance or a reluctance from any area? I think... Um, over time, the reluctance has has eliminated somewhat. Um, it used to be, um, and I guess you know, even you know, some key managers I've had conversations with that have been in the industry for you know thirty or forty years. They they see a scar or, or an incident or an injury as a badge of honour. Basically, you know, you you couldn't be a glazier and you couldn't cut glass without having a cut to your hand, and that was a badge of honour. Whereas I think now the culture is that. You know, nobody should be injured at work. There is that whole process around. Well, let's fix it. Let's let's all work together to, to make sure that no one no one gets injured at work. So, I think there the yeah there used to be a, a barrier, but I don't think there is now. Mark, you work with glass. What sort of specific risks are there around Viridian and your employees? Um, look, I think um, yeah, there's some similar risks in in all industries. So you know. Yes, glass is heavy. It is sharp. When you look at some of the products that we manufacture or we handle, we can we can have packs of glass that are tons. You know, you know, one and a half, two, three tons worth of, of product. Um, so there's mobile cranes, there's forklifts, manual handling. Yeah, the hazards associated with just bumping into, striking, falling against glass. So yeah, what we've done is we we've put together you know, a bit of a manual handling training that we've actually launched industry-wide, so that's available through the industry, which assists us really with the manual handling stuff because in our process, we actually polish, cut, process the glass, and nearly every piece is picked up. So you can imagine sometimes, you know, we actually did, a, did an analysis where one piece of glass going to the customer is probably picked up 20 times during that process. So... You know, if that's a window window pane that's a large panel that's fifty or sixty kilos, that puts a lot of muscular uh, stress on on people. So, yeah, you know, they're they're probably the key ones we've got. You know, the handling of glass, the the, the high risk, you know, mobile plant stuff. Um, you know, machine guarding for uh, some of the machines that we have. Yeah, all, all things that we need to look at as we as we um, improve safety. Mark, before I let you go, two questions. It's the same question, really, but directed to two different groups of people. And these would be your top tips to organisational leadership and top tips to health and safety leadership. I think from an organisational leadership point of view, you know, you you can have systems and you can have rules and processes in place, but, but I think it has to go beyond that. So the, the tip that I have is making sure that you have the right process to develop and implement at all levels of the business those systems and process that the organisation needs. And what I mean by that is that you, you can have a procedure, you can have a process, but unless people know the what, the why, the how, and you engage in that process and you give them the, the skills to implement that, then it's not going to get down to the shop floor. 
So when you're looking at that, you really need to consider making sure that you've got programs in place, um, not just policies and procedures. From a safety point of view, I guess ultimately it's very similar, but making sure that the, the key around consultation, ownership at the, at, at the shop floor, making sure you take the people on the journey rather than invite them to the end destination. Take them on board, let people who have the knowledge and the skills of the activities help you, assist you in developing the safest way to do things. And um, yeah, I think from a, from a culture point of view, that goes straight into creating that or eliminating that us and them mentality and bringing on a collective, consolidative approach to safety. Our thanks to Mark Pegum for sharing his thoughts on how workforce education and training is a critical component of a strong safety culture. As Mark suggests, toolbox discussions with your team are a great way to kickstart conversations about a lack in knowledge or training. The manufacturing industry has an average workplace incident rate of 54.5 per 1,000 workers, compared to the state average of 28.1 per 1,000 workers. Forklift and machine safety are two of the highest impact harms. With this in mind, there has never been a more important time to upskill and educate your workforce to help avoid accidents. To help, SafeWork New South Wales has created a range of education and training resources, including safety guides, toolbox talk guides, fact sheets and posters that you can download for free. Visit safework.newsouthwales.gov.au for more information. I'm Carol Duncan, and this has been a Safe Work Leadership Talk. In the next episode, I chat with Allied Pinnacle Work Health and Safety Manager Maria Hooker about the importance of worker consultation to optimise health and safety. To learn more about leading a strong workplace safety culture or to listen to the other episodes in this series, visit safework.nsw.gov.au slash leadership.